I don't really like handheld mics. We had some technical issues this morning, so a handheld mic it is this morning. Most of us could use some help in knowing how best to relate to people. I mean, sometimes it can be hard knowing what to say and how to say it. For example, I read of a guy who had to tell his wife some bad news. You see, they didn't have any children, but they did have a dog which was almost like a child to them. And the wife had been planning this trip overseas for some time, and she leaves for New York, spends the night, and then she was then going to fly from New York over to London to start this trip with her friends. When she got to New York, she called her husband and asked how things were going. And he said, well, the dog's dead. Not much tact there. And she said, well, why do you have to say things like that? Why, why can't you be more tactful? Why can't you be a little bit, you know, you know how much that means to me. Why couldn't you just say that a little bit better? And he thought for a minute. And he said, well... What do you want me to say? The dog died. And she said, well, you could have given it to me in stages. You know, when I called from New York, you could have said that the dog was up on the roof. And then when I got to London, you could have told me that the dog fell off the roof. And when I called you from Paris, you could have said that you had to take the dog to the vet. And in fact, he was in the hospital and he wasn't doing very well. And then finally, when I called you from Rome, you could have said, honey, brace yourself. The dog died. If you had said it like that, I could have handled it much better. And he, like a dutiful husband, said, honey, I'm sorry. I will try to do better in the future. She accepted his apology and said, okay, let's, let's, change topics. Let's talk about something different. How's my mother doing? He paused for a moment and said, well, she's on the roof. You see, how do you relate to people? Particularly today, it's even harder than it's ever been. You would think with all of the technology that we have, that it'd be easier to relate to people. I mean, there's more communication tools than ever before when it comes to relationships. But sometimes, sometimes we just screw up. You know, last week we started this sermon series called Wisdom for Life. A journey through that great wisdom book of Proverbs, which was written by Solomon. The wisest man who ever lived, God gave him wisdom above all others. So today, we're going to take a look at this wisdom, how, how we relate to other people. You see, you'd think that this book would give us advice on how to grow in intimacy with one another, or how to get along with people, but that's not its main focus. See, we tend to be most concerned 
about managing the relationships that we already have. But the wisdom in Proverbs is more interested in who those relationships are with. Specifically, who we should and who we should not associate with. Why is that? Well, let, let me give you the headline that we find in the book of Proverbs. It's found in Proverbs 12, 26, and it says, A righteous man is cautious in friendship. A very simple idea, but if we're honest, seldom followed. The Bible tells us to choose our friends with great care. In fact, the original Hebrew root word here used for cautious comes from the verb to mean spy out, examine. So think about it in that terms. When it comes to a friendship, we are to become a spy, an investigator, an examiner, someone who gathers intelligence. We shouldn't race into relationships. Why is that? Because there are some people we just shouldn't be in a relationship with. 1 Corinthians puts it this way. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's true, isn't it? When was the last time you met someone and said to yourself, should I get to know them? Will they be healthy or harmful to me? You see, healthy or harmful is more than just being a bad influence morally. Because people can harm you emotionally, spiritually. They can wound you. They can injure you. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm more wary of someone betraying me, someone turning on me, than I am someone corrupting me. I'm not perfect, but I have a close enough walk with God that I'm not too worried about people corrupting me. I'm more worried about them turning on me, betraying me, you see, a safe person is someone who is just that. They're safe. They can be trusted. They, they're accepting and supportive of us. They let us love and be loved. Unsafe people, though. They abandon us. They take advantage of us. They will betray us. They'll misunderstand us, and they will even attack us. So you don't want to be in a relationship with someone like that. Now, that may sound a little Jesus-y, which I know isn't a word, but it will be today. To, to think about a relationship, about who you should and shouldn't be in a relationship with. But Jesus actually tells us that. In John chapter 2, it says this, During the time that he was in Jerusalem, those days of the Passover feast, many people noticed the signs he was displaying. And seeing they pointed straight to God and trusted their lives 
to him. But Jesus didn't entrust his life to them. He knew them inside and out, knew how untrustworthy they were. He didn't need any help in seeing right through them. Jesus wasn't afraid of intimacy. In fact, you see throughout the Bible that he had intimate community with several men and women throughout his lifetime. He never approached relationships with reckless abandon. He approached people lovingly, but with a discerning spirit. That is the wisdom that we need to learn and to use. Accept all, love all, but intimacy with all? No. We, so who do we draw near to and who should we avoid? Well, let's, let's begin with who we are to draw near to, who we are e even to seek out. Proverbs 13 puts it this way, he who walks with the wise grows wise. So we are to seek out those who are wise, those who are of high character, who live by what's right and what's true, those who are moral, who live to honor God. We're to seek those people out, to draw them into your inner circle, to expose your life to their and their life to you. Because if we're honest, some of what they're doing better than us might rub off onto us. You see, nothing pushes me, nothing motivates me or influences me more than being around someone who's operating at a higher level than I am. Someone who's stronger spiritually than I am. Someone who's more developed than I am. Who's reached a level of accomplishment that I haven't. Someone who has a depth of character that exceeds my own. See, when I'm around those kind of people, it makes me want to commit myself more deeply to pay more attention to the areas that I've often ignored, to deepen my walk with God. It makes me want to elevate my game to a whole new level. You see, when I don't have people like that in my life, then my game drops to whatever level I'm currently living. If I want to do better, if I want to elevate it, I need to be around people who will bring that into my life. So here's a question for you this morning. Do you have people in your life like that? People who outlove you? who outgive you, who out-sacrifice you? Do you have those people into your life? If you don't, find them. So that's who you should bring into your life. Let's, let's move to the little bit more controversial side. Who should we avoid relationships with? And Proverbs gives us a bit of a list here. 
Now, it's not an exhaustive list, but some of these are the ones that Proverbs specifically mentions. The first person we should avoid is the person who is bent on evil. We find that in Proverbs chapter 1 when it says, My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone just for fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our house with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your lot with us. We'll all share the loot. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their past. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. See, some people out there are intent on evil intent on mischief, on doing what is wrong. They seek to entice us to go along with them. Now, sure, they might not be saying, hey, come, let's kill somebody. Hope not, at least. But they will try to entice you to go along with them. And that word entice means to allure, to persuade, to seduce, usually by saying it's not wrong. So the, the clear message from Proverbs is this. Don't associate with them. As clear as it can get. They are on a path of self-destruction, and you, if you go with them, will be destroyed with them. Now, again, most of us don't run into people who say, let's go hurt someone tonight. It's often much more subtle than that. In the business world, it might be said, let's, let's cut this corner. Let's fudge this figure. It's, it's no big deal. It won't hurt anyone. But you're heading down the wrong path. In school, it might be someone saying, it's, I mean, it's not really cheating. They're enticing you down that path. Might be somebody saying to their boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not really sex if it's not intercourse. See, they are revealing their bent, their disposition, their orientation. And the, and the Bible says, Proverbs says, don't associate with them. The wisdom of Proverbs is clear and direct. It says, stay away from a foolish man. See, some people feel that there's a distinction between who they associate in their business world and who they associate with in their personal life or even in church. But not according to Proverbs. Take a look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 26. It says, like an archer who wounds at random is he who hires a fool or any Passerby. Now that's a direct statement 
on your business associations. And notice the imagery. Hiring a person allows them the opportunity to do great damage to you, like an archer shooting arrows at random. Maybe you could use the term a loose cannon. That's the first type of person we should avoid. The second type, avoid those who are quarrelsome. Proverbs chapter 22 puts it this way. It says, don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. Warnings against, against hot-tempered people are all throughout the book of Proverbs. It's interesting to me that most that of all the traits Proverbs could single out, being quarrelsome is one of those at the top of the list. Someone who's hot-tempered, impatient, easily offended, easily angered. See, if we, if we hang out with someone like that, we'll become that way. It will rub off on us. Just like the good things can rub off on us, the bad things will rub off on us too. It's one of the most infectious traits of all of human life. Have you ever thought about it that way? That giving in to anger is an easy road. That's why children so easily give in to temper tantrums. They wear their emotions on their sleeve. It's the course of least resistance, which is why we shouldn't be around people that, who give in to quarrelsome, because it makes it that much harder for us not to do the same. But that's not all. Being quarrelsome isn't just about having a short temper. It's also about having a disagreeable disposition. Someone who is always finding fault, who's stirring things up, who maybe has a chip on their shoulder, taking things the wrong way, who can be contentious. They always seem to assume the worst in somebody. Which is why Proverbs adds this. Not only do you want to be to not be around someone like this because it rubs off on you, but, the, but imagine living with them. Here's what Proverbs has to say about that. Proverbs chapter 19, it says, a foolish son is his father's ruin. And a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. Now let me stop there for a second. This has nothing to do with being always being a woman. There are just as many quarrelsome men out there. This is just being written by Solomon, who's writing it from his point of view. So he uses a quarrelsome wife quite a bit, but is not against women. It can be just as much us men that do the exact same thing. But it says, a foolish son is his father's ruin, but a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. Then it goes on to say, better to live on a corner of a roof 
than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Think about the progression of those verses. It's better to live in a leaky house. No, it's better to live on the roof. Nah, I take that back. It's better to live out in the desert and not even have a house than to live with a person who's quarrelsome. Which brings us to the final specifically mentioned type of person that we should avoid, and that is the adulterer. See, there is more in the book of Proverbs about avoiding this type of person than anyone else. In fact, there are entire chapters in the book of Proverbs devoted to this topic alone, specifically Proverbs chapter 7. It's all about this topic. The person who might entice you to sin sexually was the person to be avoided above all others. And that makes sense because sexual sin is among the most relationship damaging issues there are between not only us and others, but also between us and God. It damages our relationships almost beyond repair. And that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians put it this way. He said, there is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sins, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies, these bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love, for becoming one with another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? So no wonder that Proverbs lays out this counsel throughout the book. We pick it up in the fifth chapter of Proverbs, where it says, Dear friend, pay close attention to this, my wisdom. Listen very closely to the way I see it. Then you'll acquire a taste for good sense. What I tell you will keep you out of trouble. The lips of a seductive woman are oh so sweet. Her soft words are oh so smooth. But it won't be long before she's gravel in your mouth. And again, has nothing to do with being a female versus a male. It can go both ways. A pain in your gut, a wound in your heart. She's dancing down the primrose path to death. She's headed straight for hell and taking you with her. She hasn't a clue about real life, about who she is or where she's going. So my friend, listen closely. Don't treat my words casually. Keep your distance from such a woman. Absolutely stay out of her neighborhood. You don't want to squander your wonderful life to waste your precious life among the hard-hearted. You don't want to end your life 
full of regrets, nothing but sin and bones saying, oh, why didn't I do what you told me? Why did I reject a disciplined life? Why didn't I listen to my mentors or take my teachers seriously? My life is ruined. I haven't one blessed thing to show for my life. Now, while the focus, again, is here, is on the female, it obviously cuts both ways. It leads to death. Avoid anyone, whether male or female, who entices you to sexual sin. Proverbs chapter 6 puts it this way. Don't lustfully fantasize on her beauty, nor be taken in by her bedroom eyes. You can buy an hour with a whore for a loaf of bread, but a wanton woman may eat you alive. Can you build a fire in your lap and not burn your pants? Can you walk barefoot on hot coals and not get blisters? It's the same when you have sex with your neighbor's wife. Touch her and you'll pay for it. No excuses. Hunger is no excuse for a thief to steal. When he's caught, he has to pay it back. Even if he has to put his whole house in hock, adultery is a brainless act, soul-destroying and self-destructive. And then finally, I told you that Proverbs chapter 7 is all about this topic. Let me give you a little touch of what Proverbs 7 has to say about this. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now listen, my sons. Listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her path. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. And then finally from Proverbs chapter 23, it says this, a whore is a bottomless pit. A loose woman can get you in deep trouble fast. She'll take you for all you've got. She's worse than a pack of thieves. You see, these are the people who will lead you, coerce you, influence you, and tempt you. People who are naturally, you may naturally be attracted to. People who will prey off of your weakness. People who will try to seduce you. Proverbs tell us, flee from them. Don't even flirt with it. The fallout is always severe, always destructive, always 
deadly. Relationally, with children, with your spouse, and yes, with God. See, that's the wisdom that Proverbs gives us about relationships. And the headline was clear. The best way to have relational health and wholeness is on the front end. Being wise about who to enter into a relationship with. We need to spend a little bit more time up front figuring out who to be in a relationship with instead of figuring out after we're already there. It's hard to get out of that relationship afterwards. And again, Proverbs said it pretty, clean, pretty clearly, don't associate with them. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just wanna thank you today for bringing us here. Thank you that you have given us the book of Proverbs that its wisdom is there for us. Help us to make that decision to invest the time up front to know who we should and who we should not be in a relationship with. Relationships can be so damaging to not only us, to the other people that we're in a relationship with, but it's so damaging to our relationship with you, God. Help us to make wise choices. In Jesus' name, amen.